game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Make it 13 straight wins for the New Jersey Devils. They look very good tonight in beating the Edmonton Oilers 5-2. So that ties a franchise record for longest winning streak and it is tied for the seventh longest winning streak in the history of the NHL. Only seven times has a team won more than 13 games. In 2009-10, the Capitals won 14 in a row. In 1929-30, the Bruins won 14 in a row. Twice a team has won 15 in a row. The Penguins did it in 2012-13. The Islanders did it in 1981-82. The Columbus Blue Jackets won 16 in a row in 2016-17. And the all-time record is the Pittsburgh Penguins of 1992-93. They won 17 in a row. So that's what the Devils have put together here. It is, this is not exaggeration one of the greatest winning streaks in the history of the National Hockey League. It's into the top 10 when it comes to length, and they really took control of this game in the second period, were able to put it away in the third, and the Oilers keep alternating wins and losses, and their record drops to 10-9 and nine on the season as uh, they just really can't get anything going here and put a nice run together. Thanks a lot for joining us. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Well, Rob... You know, 1-1 after the first period, thought the Oilers had played pretty well. Uh, second period, a rare mistake by Skinner, who uh, was not the better goalie in this game, but not just when it came to stopping pucks. Uh, he made a giveaway. The Devils, I thought, fairly significantly outplayed the Oilers in mm -hmm. the second period, you know, and they're up 3-1 going to the third, and the hill was too big for the Oilers to climb. Well, the Oilers were probably better than a 1-1 tie after one. Uh, I don't think they got rewarded for as well as they played, and that usually comes to bite you. And, yeah, I think the one thing, if there's – in the incredible start that we've seen with Stuart Skinner to this season, the one little bobble that he has had has been at times playing the puck. Uh, there was uh, it was the last game or the game before he gave yeah, it away Vegas, the board. he shut it up the board and yeah. it was a wide open net that Darnell Nurse knocked down in front that saved a goal and there's a couple other ones in tonight he had three or four bobbles and the one cost him but there's a couple other ones too so uh, it was just too much for the Oilers to overcome tonight they they have outscored their mistakes in the past tonight I don't think they played poorly I just think the goaltender in the other end Vanacek was excellent. He was the better of the two goaltenders. They both, I think the shots were fairly even. I'm guessing the grade A scoring chances were pretty close. But the bottom line, the team that has the better goaltender in a game normally is the team that gets the two points. Well, uh, shots were 30-28 in favor of the Oilers. So Vanacek, who was named the first star, stops 28 out of 30. Skinner, like I said, off night for him. He stops 23 out of 28. And, and, and I, personally, I, I give the better of the play to the Devils. But, but you're right, the goaltending was part of the story um we, you mentioned the the giveaway by skinner that made it 2-1 they're up 3-1 after two nugent hopkins scores 452 into the third period so exactly mm -hmm. what the Oilers need to get back into uh back within a goal and about two minutes later nugent hopkins has a chance off open but 
just to the side of the net, off to the right a little bit, doesn't score. Tatar scores shortly after that. And then, I mean, McDavid had that wraparound with nine minutes left mm -hmm. that would have got them back within a goal at 4-3, and Vanacek made a great save coming across. And I, we should also give Vanacek credit. Now, if this goes in, it doesn't change the outcome of the game because it turns a 5-2 game into a 5-3 game with about two minutes left. But Vanacek stopped the dry settle one-timer. Yep. A perfect setup on a, on a power play, and not a lot of goalies have done that the last couple of years. Well, and he did one earlier in the game, too. So he did one in the first and the third. He made two big saves on those. Uh, the Nugent Hopkins one is 4-2. Or excuse me, it was 3-2. Yep. Uh, Nugent Hopkins and Dreisaitl, a nice little give-and-go and got the New Jersey defenseman confused. Nugent Hopkins slips behind. He tries going upstairs and, and just misses. But if that goes in, all of a sudden it's 3-3, and the pressure of a 12-game winning streak is now weighing on the New Jersey Devils if they give up two goals early. But that uh, a save by Vanacek and go back the other way, and uh, a rebound that uh, can't be controlled by Skinner and Tatar, I mean, there's pretty goals, and then there's uh, goals that uh, defy human uh, abilities as he catches it with one hand, tosses it down to his stick, and knocks it out of midair, all in a span of a foot and a half, going at full speed, and he beats Skinner. So what could have been a 3-3 tie, 20 seconds, if that, maybe 15 seconds later, is now a 4-2 lead for New Jersey. And, and credit New Jersey, they, they kept pressuring after that. The Oilers didn't get a whole lot of looks. Uh, the, there was a nice save, as you said, Vanacek on McDavid. Uh, very, as you said, very few players can get across on a one-timer from Drysdale to make the save. Very few goaltenders can get across and stop McDavid, who's going full speed behind the net. So... Uh, yeah, New Jersey was good, and I think they came as advertised. But this is, and give them credit, this is their backup goaltender that has been in net for a large part of this winning streak, and he was excellent again tonight. 5-2, the Devils win it. So the streak itself, I mentioned the significance. I, I mean, this is, I, I mean, I, again, I, it's not exaggerating. Nope. Trust me, I know sometimes in the world of broadcasting we're, we might get guilty of a little bit of a exaggeration. It, like, it's tied for the seventh longest streak in NHL history. One of the teams on the list goes back to 1929, the Bruins. Yeah. And again, it's it's out of nowhere. We talked like that before Penguins the game. Penguins team 92-93. They were good. If you would have picked a team that season to have a 17-game winning streak, it was them. you would have picked them. Yeah, yeah it, it, but this is, it, it, there's 32 teams in the NHL right now. If I was before the season to pick a team, okay, they're gonna someone's gonna win 13 in a row this year. Uh, New Jersey would be in my bottom five. They they just uh, the season they had last year. It's uh, it's a team that hasn't proved with these players that they can win. Uh, and as we've talked about, and they talked about a lot during the game tonight, this was a, a fan base that was chanting "fire the coach" two go, two games into the season. So they've turned it around and give them credit and. It is not smoke and mirrors. Now, I again, I don't know if this team's good enough to be uh, a Stanley Cup championship team yet. But this is a team that believes in themselves. This is a team that's got a ton of skill. And this is certainly a team that is fun to watch. You can't make a mistake against them. You know, when the Edmonton Oilers have Connor or Leon on the ice, Leon on the ice, the opposition can't make a mistake in the neutral zone, or that puck's coming back the other way for grade-A scoring chance. Well, the New Jersey Devils have four lines like that. Not 
with the high-end skill of Connor or Leon, but they have four lines with speed and skill that if you turn the puck over, they're coming back the other way. And as Bob said after the game, they're not afraid to throw their fourth line out against Connor and Leon in a face-off in their own zone. That's how much faith they have in all four lines. This is truly a very good hockey club. So... When when you're on a team, and I know in the NHL you weren't ever on a team that won this many in a row, but I've seen at some point in your mm -hmm. life you were. I mean, you obviously had some, well, most of your NHL teams were, were good. Certainly in junior, you had some amazing teams. Is this um, talked about, referred to, I don't want to say celebrated, because you're not going to celebrate in November, and, and maybe you don't talk about it unless, the, I mean, clearly the media is now asking yep. about every game, and they're probably getting more media showing <laughs> yep. up national level. They're right close to Manhattan and everything. How does a team, because we talk a lot about dealing with adversity. Mm -hmm. I also think dealing with success is something that athletes and teams have to go through. How is this sort of... Uh, responded to in, in the locker room? Well, I think you want to enjoy it because it is pretty cool and it's pretty fun. So you want to enjoy the fact that your team's winning every night, but you also want to understand why. Um, they're winning because they're do uh, very detail-orientated. They're winning because of their hard work. They're, they're winning because they're making right decisions. Sometimes when things get too easy or when the winds become so commonplace you start getting away from that and we and actually a friend of the show Craig McTavish used to talk about it. sometimes during long winning streaks the last couple games where by smoke and mirrors you're starting bad habits are creeping into your game before the losing starts so you got to make sure you keep that out of, the, out of your your room and out of your head as you're going into games but for the most part with this group uh, it's a young group that I think are just enjoying the moment and what we saw in this game tonight if you look at New Jersey's schedule, this would be a game that would probably scare them with their streak. It's, you know, the two best players coming in. They just knocked off Vegas on home ice. This is a team that would have a great opportunity of breaking your streak. It didn't throw them off. They came out, they got the first power play goal. When they were pushed, they all of a sudden came back uh, the next shift or shifts after and pushed back. Uh, they believe in themselves. I always found it harder on a long streak. Losing the first game, there wasn't as much pressure. But it's after you've lost that game, the next game after the loss, because you're thinking, we just won 12 in a row. I don't want to start a losing streak and lose two in a row. Right. So whenever they lose a game, which they will, the game after that, that to me is the one that'll have more pressure. All right, Devils take down the Oilers 5-2. Let's go back to New Jersey. Here's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. New Jersey. Well, I thought we started the game uh, fairly, fairly well. I mean, we we let a goal in on the first penalty kill, but um, you know, we outshot, we outchanced uh, the other team in the first period. We made it one-one hockey game. We had chances to go ahead. We didn't find that that next goal, and then you know, I thought there were there were just some self-inflicted errors that we have to clean up uh, in our game. Um, and when you play a team that's on the roll that they're on, um, you know. They they make you pay for those individual errors and uh, we were made to pay tonight on, on some of our mistakes. Did you think this is more of some of that uneven play you're talking about this morning a little bit? Well, I thought, well, like I said, I thought the first period we had the chance to be ahead. It was, uh, you know, we we got people involved in the game. There was, uh, we found a way to score one on the special team to make, make it a tie game and then, you know, there were just some in 
individual errors in our in our game tonight and against a team like that that's playing at that level right now um, you can't do that and expect to outscore mistakes uh, we had numerous chances you know uh, we clawed back there was game and fight in our team um, you know we made it 3-2 there uh, at the beginning of the third period we had a chance to tie it uh, make it 3-3 their goalie made a really good save and then uh, and then we had uh, you know an individual mistake on a rush coverage and it ended up in the back of our net so um, that's the way it went tonight the, our fellas um, you know worked but in the end self-inflicted individual mistakes cost us we were asking, we were asking uh, Tyson about that fourth goal yeah. it was basically a two on three and it ends up with a guy in front of your net scoring a goal unattended yeah. which I guess I'd ask you as a coach what's supposed to happen here well obviously you don't want want that to happen so what's supposed to happen you know we want to do a better job of contesting lines um, you know I think the game changes when the opponent gets the blue line uh, if they do get the blue line and shoot the puck uh, they got to get touched uh, they can't just have a, a free lane uh, to tap in a rebound um, that's one of those individual mistakes that we have to clean up Jay when you look at the last seven games specifically it's alternated between losses and wins yep. can you describe the process and maybe the challenges that have surfaced in trying to get into a rhythm well I mean uh, we're we've been faced with stiff challenges uh, in the teams that we're playing um, but in order to build consistency in your game, you want to see certain things in your team every night. Um, I would be worried if if I saw um, a lack of effort or, you know, you just, you didn't have it on a certain evening. I thought we worked tonight. Um, but in the end, um, learning to clean up some of those individual errors. Uh, you, get, you play a team that's at the level they're at um, right now. Um, you can't make those errors. And uh, you want to make sure that the other team beats you not you beating yourself and tonight I thought we made uh, too many self-inflicted errors is there any solace to be had in the fact that nobody's beating these guys right now it's 13 or no you know we felt we had a chance to win we had belief even going into that third period we felt we we if we got one in the first 10 minutes that we would position ourselves to uh, come back against that team um, you know as I said uh, when the game was 3-2 I thought the, the events that changed the game were you know we had a, a quality chance right in, in front of their goalie he made a big save uh, you know it was kind of a, a tough puck that ended up at our blue line but we should be able to handle that and it ended up in the back of our net and and that proved to be a, a mountain too high for us to climb is there an update on jack campbell uh you know what i didn't even get a chance to see jack uh, obviously um that's an unlucky event and um you know um hope he's feeling better we'll have an update for you tomorrow good thanks Thank jack campbell is okay hit in the face by a puck while on the bench late in the second period, the Oilers' backup goalie tonight left with a towel to his face, did not return. Gene Principe had a good piece on the uh, TV broadcast that the e-bug, the emergency backup goalie, was ready to go. So hopefully Campbell's going to be okay. Devils beat the Oilers 5-2. Rob, and so Woodcroft was asked about the mistakes and the self-inflicted wounds, as you and I often call them. And, and I want to preface this by saying 
Like, I'm not being one of those people that says, well, if you're not perfect, you're garbage. <laughs> I, I'm not mis – mistakes happen. Yep. You know, the Devils made mistakes tonight. Vegas made some pretty serious mistakes the other night, as did the Oilers. But the, the, what's concerning me about Edmonton continuously is the number of mistakes – and the magnitude mm -hmm. of, of the mistakes. I mean, you're always going to, you know, lose a puck battle, or, or you might make a bad, bad pass under pressure. It, it happens. Yep. I mean, it happens dozens of times a game in a sport like hockey. But the Oilers, again, and even in some of the games they've won, ha have not been great at uh, maintaining the puck. They have not been that detail oriented, especially in their own end. And I know. Um, Woodcroft was asked about Tatar's goal. It's a two-on-three, and a guy winds up open in front of the net. I get that. I'm not saying that wasn't a, a problem. But I'd, I'd like to bring up something else that I think, and I've asked you about this before this season, Rob, I mm -hmm. think the Oilers back in too much when yep. the other team is rushing. Yeah, you're 100% you're right. And we sit and watch the game together, and we point it out as it's happening. And you say, look how far back they are, and they are. And what it does, when you play against a guy like Connor, I can understand a defenseman backing in a long ways because there's a fear factor with Connor that you get beat out high, all of a sudden he's got a breakaway. So players at the, with that kind of speed, you're playing against you back in. But the Oilers, uh, for a couple of reasons, sometimes it's just misread misjudged others they turn the puck over and the defensemen haven't gotten up quick enough it was funny i was on the ice this morning with jason strudwick and we did an entire half hour of drills and it was all about defensemen getting good gap that was the whole thing it was about and he had all these drills just about getting good gap getting up in the, the forward's face so that when they coming down on you they have no time and space to make plays but what we're seeing is these teams are coming down on the Oilers blue line and we saw it a number of times tonight including the goal that uh, Hughes made the wonderful behind the back pass is he's teams are coming and able to go east west right across the blue line they now can go boards to boards to make plays and the reason they can do that is there's space between the blue line and the Oilers defenseman if the Oilers gap is good when they get across the blue line, they've only got one choice, and that's to go wide yeah. because there's nowhere else to go. But when you give really skilled players time and space and you allow them to get to the middle of the ice, now they have options. I can pass to the right. I can pass to the left. I can come down to the middle because you're backing in. And right now, with the, the Oilers giving them that much space, these teams are taking advantage of it. So you're 100% right. And what we're seeing with them backing in so far is they're not communicating well with the wingers because a couple of the goals that we saw tonight by the New Jersey Devils, the Oilers had the players back, as you just referenced, the two-on-three. They had the players back, and someone is getting wide open. There was the example. It was the goal that Hughes set up. Uh, which one was it that the great shot was Severson? It was, the Oilers had three guys back, and Yessi and Cece go to one guy, and then they pass it to the to the open guy, then they kind of go to that guy, but he's got time and space to pass to Severson. Now a three-on-three three turns into three different devils touching the puck, all with time and space to make a pass. When Tatar scores, it's a two-on-three, and it ends up with Tatar grabbing the puck out of the air, putting it towards the stick, and then hitting it out of the air without being touched. Those are the things that happen when you are backed in too far and you're not communicating well. Right, and, and that's... And that's what I'm getting at. Y yes, I, I understand the criticism, and I think it's a correct criticism, that on a you know a two-on-three, a guy shouldn't have free access <laughs> at a rebound. But I'm saying that then that's what I'm asking you, and I think you explained it very well. 
is that problem starting perhaps with something else? Oh, yeah, 100 percent. Because if, 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 to me, if, if a defensive keeps going back, 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 well, uh, an, off, an offensive player uh -huh. is just getting closer, closer yes. to the net. So even if, I think it was Barry on that play, I mean, he recognized Tatar's my man, but he's backed in so far, he was standing next to the goal crease. Mm -hmm. If, if he's up a little higher and recognizes at the hash mark that Tatar is his man, that even if Tatar might have some momentum or, or half a step, Barry's at least able to get a stick on him, shove him or something. Well, in, in a perfect world, and what defense are taught, is you're to meet the guy at the blue line. Because if you get a stick, so the, when, when you come down, you're a defenseman, you're looking at the forward's chest, but you're trying to put your stick blade on the puck. So now, as the guy's coming down, you poke towards the puck, that forward now has to pull it back a bit, and you can cr create offsides. And that's where you want to meet them at the blue line. If you're up real tight gap, if you're really close to the forward coming in on you, he now, a lot of times, they will try to chip it past you. So when he chips it past you, you give him a little shove, your defensive partner comes across and gets you out of trouble. Where the Oilers get into trouble, and you, you just brought it up, and we've watched it a number of times tonight in, in previous games, is the Oilers are allowing easy access on even man rushes. So on a three on two, you have no choice. You gotta back in on a three on two because they have more men than you. But when you have even men, if it's three on three, two on two, four on four, you have to stand them up at the blue line because if you don't, you're asking for trouble. And New Jersey has so many skilled players that if you give the Hughes or the Brat or the Heesher or any of those players more time in the offensive zone, they're going to make the right play, and we saw that time and time again. All right, so the Devils win 5-2 as we update the Advantage Trailer Rentals scoreboard, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. The Jets beat the Hurricanes 4-3 in overtime. Morrissey got the game winner in overtime. The Islanders and Maple Leafs are tied 2-2. Halfway through the third, Ducks and Blues are 1-1. 13 minutes left in the game. Nashville up 3-2 on Arizona. Late second period, Avalanche and Stars on a 1-1 tie. Finals, Bruins win again, 5-3 over the Lightning. They're 17-2. The Flames get a 5-2 win in Philadelphia. Monday Night Football, it is, what is it, Rob? Is it 24-10 now? It, Niners just got 24 a touchdown. 24-10, yep. 24-10 for the Niners. Ten and a half minutes left in the third. World Cup, USA and Wales, 1-1 draw. England beat Iran 6-2. And Netherlands shutting out Senegal. Sorry, the clean sheet, to use the soccer terminology. 2-0. <laughs> Canada plays at noon on uh, Wednesday against Belgium. Okay, you can get us at 780-496-0063. That is the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. Also, more post-game reaction coming up from the Oilers' dressing room. They lose 5-2 to the Devils. 13 in a row for New Jersey. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Here's Bastion, left corner. Oh, he gets hammered by Nima Linen. Puck goes to the side of the Oiler net. <laughs> Some hit by Marcus Nima Linen. Nima Linen delivering the crunch of the game, courtesy Cougar Paint and Collision, our family helping your family for 40 years and counting. Nima Linen tonight, one of seven defensemen to dress for the Edmonton Oilers, plays 742, credited with two hits. Warren Fogle was the Oilers' hits leader with three. 
Miles Wood was credited with three for the New Jersey Devils. Uh, stats have them out hitting the Oilers 2018. In this one, most importantly, they outscore the Oilers 5-2. The Devils are 16-3. They have won 13 in a row, and they, they've actually won 16 of their last 17 because they started 0-2. They've lost once since then. Did I give the Canadian team stat? So on this streak, they're 9-0 against Canadian teams. They've beaten the Oilers twice, the Flames twice, the Senators twice, the Canucks, Canadians, and Leafs once each. They haven't played uh, Winnipeg, and they play the Leafs on Wednesday. Well, you know who to bet on that game, I guess. Uh, they are good. They've got a good team. And again, they're doing it with their backup goaltender. Uh, he's been outstanding. He was great in this game. He was great when the Oilers faced him in Edmonton. He came in for the injured, injured Blackwood. He gave up the goal on the first shot to dry settle, and then he was excellent in that game. He made a number of game-saving saves in that one. Uh, they're a fun team to watch. Uh, they probably, starting the season, are a team of a bunch of guys that you don't recognize their names, but by season end, I think there's going to be uh, the names of these players will be on the tip of your tongue because of the season that they're having and uh, just the skill set that this group brings. It is it is a fun team to watch. All right, Certainty Hotline is 780-496-0063. We have Kennedy standing by. Hi, Kennedy, go ahead. Hey, guys, thanks for the call. Just want to make a few comments and then I'll hang up and listen. Sure. Uh, the Tartar goal, I've been watching it on replay while I'm sitting on hold, and while it was an amazing skill play, I don't know if it should have been allowed because... He grabs the puck lined up with Skinner's glove, and then he kind of drops it across his body about a foot before yeah, he makes contact they, with it. I never thought of that. No, but they, they, they won't call that. The last game at home, Connor McDavid did the same thing in his own zone. If you grab it and throw it, they'll call it. But if you grab it and bring it down, they'll never call that. But, so. but Kennedy, are you saying he didn't bring it straight down? Is that what you mean? Well, he just brought Definitely it down. Not. In front he of his brought body. it across. Yep. He brought it across and down. And I've seen plays where a guy will catch it at the blue line and try and juke an oncoming attacker and he'll get called for yep. it. Oh, and, yeah, for sure. And when they called, catch yeah. it and throw it. But if they catch it and you, if you're bringing it from the top to down, even if you bring it across your body, they're, not, they're never yeah. going to call yeah, it. Yeah, I just watched it. Yeah, that's it's close. I mean, he kind of. I don't know if he swatted it or actually grabbed it. Oh, he probably grabbed, grabbed it, it but and, yeah. most, and most players do. When, when, you, when a player goes up and gets a puck up top, they're not swatting it down. They're grabbing it, bringing it down. You're allowed, they let you do that. If you look, it's funny because Skinner right away looks at the ref like, hey, he just grabbed the puck. Yeah. But there was never a big argument because players do it all the time. It's when you hold on to it for an extended yeah. period of time that there, there will be a problem. I'm glad Kennedy brought up. No, it was. I've never thought of it. What else do you have, man? boys are missing Mike Smith knocking down dump-ins quite a bit, especially on the PK. 100% they are. There's, I've yeah. never, I've been around hockey my whole life. I've never seen anyone like Mike Smith. And if the puck got past Mike Smith, it meant that no goalie in the history of the NHL could stop it. And I think we were spoiled. Uh, the fans in general and the team was spoiled at how good he was at doing that, that anyone that came in after him, it was going to be a, a step back. Tonight, and a couple times as of late, Skinner has struggled a little bit with with playing the puck. He, he gave up the goal tonight, and two other times he, he bobbled it too. Um, hopefully it won't rattle him going forward, but yes, you're 100% right. Uh, we, we have been spoiled, and the Oilers defensemen were spoiled having Mike Smith back there for the last few years. For sure. And then last point, Reed, I just wanted to point out 
I didn't realize you guys are broadcasting from inside of a bar with hundreds of people hanging around you guys. And just kudos to you because that's a pretty cool environment. And I listen to your show all the time. I didn't realize that that's how it was set up. Oh, yeah. Stu- yeah Studio 99, we are for the uh, for the home games. Yeah, thanks. Well, if you're ever there, come say hi for sure. Yeah. 7804960063. I also think the Oilers are missing Mike Smith uh, emotionally, Leadership? for yep. lack of a better term. Um, I mean, they have some pretty intense players. I, I mean, Connor McDavid is super intense. Dreisaitl super intense. But there was there's a there was a certain swagger, flair. Yeah, yep. swagger, flair mm-hmm. uh, with Mike Smith. A certain uh, vocalness. Yep. What am I trying to say? Vocality. They, I don't well, know what, he 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 was chatty. Well, he's, he's active. He's a loud player. Yeah, he's a loud player. Everything about him was loud. His actions were loud. His, you could hear him on in the bench in the timeouts and practice warm. He was just a loud player, and the Oilers' leadership group, from what we see, because we're not in the dressing room during uh, before games and stuff like that. But from we see, we see Connor's a quiet leader. Leon's a quiet leader. Nugent Hopkins, quiet leader. They're not these big vocal in-your-face kind of guys that you see. Well, I mean, along the line, some of the New Jersey players we saw like tonight, he shares a lot like that. You don't hear Hughes a lot. But Mike Smith brought everyone out of their comfort zone. Like, he was just bigger than life. Uh, I think they're hoping when Kane's in the lineup that he's that player, and he is. Kane's a loud player. He's a noticeable player. But without him in the lineup, this team becomes a little quieter, and you do miss the swagger that Mike Smith brought. The team... Whether they were better or not, they acted better when Mike Smith was around because he had a not a he had a confidence about him yeah. that it was. Oh, I think cocky's yep. fair. I yep. think he was, a and it exuded, cocky. and it exuded, and then the rest of the team. I mean, how, was many, into how that. many goalies in the last ten years have gone to center ice to start a fight? <laughs> <laughs> right? Two, I mean, two. He and, he and Talbot. Well, Talbot didn't go to no. center ice to start it. <laughs> no. He, okay, he, he had to go. He's like, okay, looking around. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm not kids. Kids, I'm not encouraging that, okay? Don't go fight your other goalie. But, and, and I, look, this is good. This is just going to be one story, so take this for what it's worth, because I don't always get to see the other visiting team skate hmm. at Rogers Place. Uh, but I, 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 was, I went to Vegas' uh, morning skate on Saturday, uh, and I, I noticed a few minutes into their skate that it just, there was more chatter. There was more, like, just hollering and... Yeah, I mean, some of it's yep. joking or some of it's like a guy hits the crossbar or goalie makes a great save or goes right under the crossbar and in. There's, and I'm not saying the Oilers don't do that because they do, but I did notice Smith at practice the last however many years he was here, uh, like like chatting during drills, like yelling at guys. Mm-hmm. And sometimes even sometimes even a little angrily, like smarting yep. up or and sometimes just jokingly. And I remember, I think it was last year, they were doing a shootout drill. And so they, what they do is they they start with the lowest number. So this year, it'd Bouchard, be Bouchard. Yeah. I can't remember who the lowest guy would have been. Well, Keith, I guess, was two last mm-hmm. year. And they go up, and you can shoot on either goalie. And then if you score, you get to go to the next round. Um, so so Smith was, like, yelling at guys as they're coming in. And he was yelling at Nugent Hopkins. And Nuge just did one of his patented, you know, 14 and a half inches off the yeah. ice right side <laughs> of the crossbar and smith smith goes oh okay you're good i guess <laughs> you know anybody was yelling at nudes the entire well no, i'm not saying you know the orders are 15 and 4 instead of 10 and 9 if they have that attitude but i do think that they are 
somewhat lacking in that department. And I think bigger picture, like they're not a terrible team, but they are, I feel like there's five or six key areas where you say, well, they're, they're somewhat lacking. Like they need to be 10% yeah. better. Well, you're right. And the record shows that that's true. Um, they have the, the, the strong base. I mean, you get to work off a base of Connor and Leon, so that's a good thing. Uh, but most of the teams, actually all of the teams in the league have deficiencies. The best, the better teams, the deficiencies are fewer and far between. Uh, the Oilers right now are trying to find traction. They're trying to find uh, certain players they need to be better. Bouchard needs to be better. Yessi needs to be better. Those are players they counted on for, I mean, Yessi, my guess is they were counting on him for 20 goals. He was going to start in the top six. They were counting on him for 20 goals. Bouchard, 12 to 15 goals. They're counting on for Bouchard. Bouchard's got zero goals on the season. He's minus nine. Yessi puliarvi has got one goal on the season. He's minus nine. So not only are they not producing offensively, they're both leading the team in minuses. So those are... The Oilers would be a better record just for the from the players that they have that they the expectations were better. And let's not Yamamoto before he got hurt, he's got zero goals yeah, on the season. Yeah. So they they there's I mean it's a season still long. There's chances for them to turn it around these players, but those are the things that right now the one of the reasons the Oilers are where they are is because players with that they have on their roster, the expectations of where they are to the realization of where they are right now, there's a big gap. It's not like it's a little bit slower than they expected. There's a huge gap. Well, maybe, we and, well, and, well maybe, that's, maybe that's even the biggest problem, is that the second tier of players, or players who they thought would be the second tier because they're a little more experienced and they're coming off you know, okay mm -hmm. seasons or good seasons, that they would do that again or even be a little bit better. And I would put... The three players you mentioned in that category, yep. Bouchard, uh, Pugliarvi, and Yamamoto. I mean, now we're maybe putting McLeod in that category because he hasn't scored since the first homestand of the season. You know, Fogel's been better lately, but he would have been in that category and would have been quite quiet for the first, what, 13 games? Oh, for last, sure. Last yep. five or six have been better. Um, you know, so there's probably other guys I could mention, but just off the top of my head, I mean, maybe that's probably... Well, not probably. That is. I mean, how many? What did Jesse finish with last year? 16? Something like that. And Yamamoto was 20. Yamamoto got to exactly 20. So that's combined. 36 goals. Sorry, Jesse had 14. So that's right. combined 34 goals. And right now they got combined they combined one. Combined one. And even even though Yamamoto's missed a few games, I mean, what has he played? 12? 13. I mean, 13 games. He had three assists. So it's not. And with with Yamamoto, of his 13 games. 10 he's, or 11, we're in the top he's six. He's almost always been in the top six. Yes, he's been a little in and out. but So it, it, those are players the expectation is much higher than what they've gotten from those players right. this year. Okay, so were the expectations realistic, I guess, is going to be the, <laughs> well, the next question. Uh, Yamamoto scored 20 last year. He had a stretch. No, he did start quite slow he did last start, year. And he scored 20, and he had a stretch where he was a point-of-player guy playing with Nugent Hopkins and, and Dreisaitl. So... I would say that it's not out of the realm that he would score 20 goals again this year because he has, in the past, had 20 and he's had success. So I don't think the bar was set too high for him. Three, three assists after 13 games playing in the top six, not even close. Uh, Jesse Pugliarvi, uh, 15 to 20 goals, in my estimation, was too high a bar for him. I don't see him as a, I don't see him as a top six player. Um, but there was the hope 
that he was going to be able to find a little magic playing with Connor and Leon, and it isn't there. Now, the one thing that, yes, he doesn't get anymore, other than now that Kane's injured, but before that, he didn't get power play time. And that hurts any offensive player when they don't get power play time. He now is getting it, uh, was in front of the net. He got an assist that bounced off his ankle today, tonight. So hopefully that'll maybe kickstart him a bit. But And Bouchard, Bouchard defensively has not been good this year. And offensively, it just hasn't been there. And this is a guy, and I don't think anyone would have said the bar was too high at 12 goals for Evan Bouchard, the way he shoots the puck. And now we're not, I don't even think... He's not even getting shots. Like it, it, this is a guy that, when he wanted to, the puck at will went through and hit the net. Now, again, there was two or three shots again today, block shots. So uh, this is a, I don't think this is a panic button being pushed yet. I think the Oilers, again, they're in every game. They have the ability, because of their two best players, to win every game. But because of some deficiencies in their game, uh, they have the ability each and every night to fall behind and to not have, be able to have that miracle comeback. All right, 5-2 Oilers fall to the Devils. Here's Zach Hyman. We, we weren't able to capitalize. They got um, those two in the second to make it 3-1. You know, but we were in a similar situation to, the, uh, to what they were when they were in our building, and you know, I thought we had a good pushback, and then uh, we weren't able to, to close it out and uh, give up 1-8. So tough one. They're a good team, and uh, we got to be better. What makes them so good? What, what do they do? They're quick. They're fast. Um, when you turn the puck over, they capitalize. So I think we're turning it up, turning it over a little bit in the neutral zone, not getting it and guaranteeing it. You know, behind their D and making them work. Once they have their eyes up, they're able to make a play, and uh, they did it on the fifth goal. Um, but they do, they do it all the time. D zone coverage. What do you think of it tonight? The D zone coverage. I mean, Carr scores the what was a key goal in the game, I think, mm -hmm. and he's all alone in front of the net, banging a rebound. Yeah, that, that's a rush chance. So that was he took a shot, um, and then it popped up. Obviously, he caught it and then hit out of the air. Good play by him. But uh, that's you know when I talk about the the rush chances, turnovers, and you just on the lead to rush chances. I'm not sure if that was a turnover. I don't remember, but I remember the the goal obviously. Um, so yeah, we just have to be better uh, coming back into our zone, into our D zone, off of a, a rush, and, and they're a team that's probably the best in the league, and when they get the blue line, uh, whether they turn up or whether they're attacking the net, uh, they're dangerous. You guys haven't won two games in a row for quite a long time now, and when you win, you play pretty good hockey. Mm -hmm. Can't seem to play that level two nights in a row. Is that mm -hmm. something that you can find a solution to? Well, it's something we're going to need to find a solution to. Um, this league is a, is a really good league. You need to bring it every single night. They're, you know, the, the parity I think this year is better than any year. If you look at the standings in both conferences, um, it's tight, obviously. And, uh, you know, we need to start to, to string games together and not just have a good one and then an okay one and then a, a good one and then a not so good one. So we need to have some consistency to our game. Um, and it's not early in the year anymore. It's, you know, we're, we're closing on the, on the 20 game mark. So we need to figure that out. Uh, and it's a big test, you know, for us as we flip the page here um, in, in the, the Long Island, so that's going to be a good one. Zach, just to piggyback off that, Jay was saying before the game that he's felt like since the last time he played the Devils, mm -hmm. play has been, as a team, sorry. Been kind no, of, no, sorry. Uh, has been kind of uneven. It, it was yep. tonight the kind of example of that, just kind of uneven play, some, some big mistakes. Uh, yeah, I mean, there are mistakes in every game. You try to limit them. I would say... Uh, 
get to know who you're playing against. And uh, you know, there are times in the in that game where, again, we didn't we didn't get the puck through the neutral zone, and, and it, it's it's as you know as simple as putting it behind them, and then you know getting a line change. Like you don't realize the play that's going to you know cause an impact. You know, there are plays where we turn it over, and then they're they're spending time in our zone, and our D are getting tired, and our forwards are getting tired, and it just you know carries momentum and carries play. So I think we got to find a better way to continue to carry play um, throughout the game, and that'll lead to you know obviously more scoring chances for us and you know more goals, etc. All right, that's Zach Hyman. You're also going to hear from Skinner and Barry, and we're happy to hear from you on the Certainty Hotline 780-496-0063. Oilers fall 5-2 in New Jersey. Live Oilers hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Mercer pulls it off the left wing boards. Makes a move and goes right into the left wing corner. Get it out, Sharon. Govich, the shot, and a good save made by Skinner, and he'll hold on to it. All right, Skinner's save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. But uh, maybe Skinner's toughest start of the season overall. He allows five goals on 28 shots. The Devils have won 13 straight as they beat the Oilers 5-2. James is a winner. Set the line for River Curry Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it. I set the line at four and a half points by defenseman in this game. It got to three. So James gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. 780-496-0063. We have Tony standing by. Hi, Tony. How's it going, boys? Good. I got a couple questions, and I, I want to I ask you guys' his opinion. Um, do you think Bouchard is fighting a little bit too much? Because... No, we want your, Tony, we want your opinion. We've talked about Bouchard a lot. What's your opinion? Um, I, okay, tonight, there have been, like, in the last few games, there's been a lot of times where he's wide open, like, where he's open, has his time to take the shot, but he passes it off. I literally say, I literally skip my TV, shoot the puck, and he passes it off, right? And for some reason, he just doesn't want to do it. I understand he's getting the shots blocked. I understand that. But you know what? If you hurt the guy, you hurt the guy. Just keep shooting the puck, and it just seems like he's fading away from it. Okay, um, that's fair. What else? Um, okay, I know we're missing Kane. I know we're missing Yamamoto. And I know there's holes in the offense right now. Um, if you're Holland, are you worried about maybe the season slipping if we keep going this way? And... Not just like pick up like a guy like Chickren where everybody wants him so bad because his price tag is outrageously expensive. But what do you do? Well, I first of all, in general, it's it's a general manager's job to be almost constantly worried all the time. <laughs> if if I were the general manager, uh, I mean, it's hard for me to think like a general manager. But yeah, I mean, I've vocalized it before on this show and on on Inside Sports. I, I am a little bit concerned. Um, it is, it's 19 games with the same problems generally over mm -hmm. and over again. Uh, we, we've talked a lot about it's, you know, how many times have we said this with the Oilers? Their high-end guys are really good, and, <laughs> and they're not quite getting enough from support. I, I do think their goaltending overall is better than some of the other tough, tough years than they yep. had. I don't think that's up for debate. But, yeah, if, I, and I mean, I don't know who, but... I, can you find somebody else even that plays a little bit like Costin? You, like you can't, you can't just go get a five million dollar player because no, they're not, aren't a lot available, 
and then when Kane's active, you, you got to move guys around or send. Then you run into the same the problems that Vegas had last right. year. Right, but yeah, I mean, I, I think we're at the point where maybe the general manager has to has to do something. I mean, sure, Broberg might come up at some point. Okay, well, let's, you know, you can't, you're not going to say a player, a rookie defenseman, 25 minutes a night and say, fix everything. So he he may be an upgrade over Murray and Nivalainen. Yeah, he might, yep. but it's not, Murray and Nivalainen aren't the reason that the Oilers have all of these miscues defensively. They're not the reason that the Oilers uh, give up as many shots and grade A scoring chances against. This is something throughout their lineup. So Broberg might, be a, an improvement and not just be might because there's no guarantee but there there's more problems than that with the edmonton Oilers defensively um and, and part of it is just commitment to detail top to bottom of their team it's uh, there's players on this team that are capable of being better defensively because we saw them better defensively last year at the end of the season and through the playoffs so uh i don't think i mean yeah i do believe that the, the gm is uh, probably feeling his team has underachieved somewhat here to start the season. I do believe he has faith in the players he has to be better. Uh, but this is a team that, uh, again, they're not as good as they were in the playoffs last year. But I don't think, I think, but I do think they're better than their record. They're somewhere in between. Having said that, you know, the, the record's what gets Eventually you into the playoffs. You play, yeah, the, gotta play like that. Yeah, the, rec the records get you there. So uh, I, I, every game the Oilers play, I believe it's going to be a close game. Uh, they just need the saves to, to get them through the tough parts of the game. Tonight, they didn't get those saves. All right, 5-2 Devils win it. Here's Oilers goaltender Stuart Skinner. Tough game, uh, tough loss. Uh, they're obviously a great team. They're obviously hot right now as well. They got some great players that can make uh, some great plays, and um, yeah, it was just tough to lose, uh, especially two in a row to these guys. But um, all we can do is learn from our mistakes and move on. Well, what's, what's their big game? I mean, you see them in front of you. I mean, what, what do they do exactly? Uh, they're just a skilled group. I think uh, off turnovers, they that's where their game is I think they're they're fast uh, they make a lot of good east to west plays I think their D are always jumping in the rush they're a good team right I mean they they have their record for a reason and um, yeah I think they're just a really good group over there so they're two one goal what can you kind of take us through what happened there it looks like you kind of just found on a little bit yeah kind of the puck was kind of bobbly uh, tried to make a play to the corner um, and then it just kind of fanned off it I'd have to take a closer look at exactly what happened if it like went under my stick or if that was just me or uh, kind of what happened obviously it's a tough one to let in because that gives them the lead to one if that didn't happen who knows right so Your stomach drops a little bit when you're in no man's land and the <laughs> fox head in the internet yeah I mean yeah it's tough I, I definitely needed to make a better play but at the same time when that when stuff like that does happen which it will uh, you just got to bounce back and um, you know move on uh, and the, the tough one for me was probably the third one kind of a little trip and um, gave them two two goal lead which is you never want to do you trip coming across the crease on that three on two a little bit yeah i kind of i tried to grab an edge and just lost it 
uh, I fell and uh, yeah, I just can reach for it and uh, that one stinks just because it gives them 3-1 lead, right? So, uh, but it's all right. You learn from it and move on. I don't mean to dissect every goal. I'm just curious about the fourth goal because you looked like you were a little confused. Did you lose sight of the puck after the after the first save there or, or what, what kind of Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a good shot. It kind of went through a couple sticks. I think it hit, might have hit a stick, so I kind of stayed up on the on the blocker save, bounced up, um, and then he grabbed it with his hand, dropped it, and just swung at it and went in. Um, but yeah, I mean, good players make good plays. Uh, he made a good play, uh, had a good shot, and uh, for me, I'd obviously like to have better rebound control there. Um, but uh, is what it is. Any takeaway from a game like this? Uh, just, I mean, it's. I think for this one, for myself, I think it's more of a mental, uh, mental takeaway for me. Just making sure that you know it's a, it's a good hockey club over there. Um, I got some stuff to clean up, and I'm going to do that. Work on my game and uh, keep getting better. Move on, and then next game, I'll. Uh, I'm going to be better for it. Is Jack all right? Yeah, I think so. I went and uh, I went and saw him after the uh, second period, and he was he was laughing and smiling. So <laughs> that's the kind of guy he is. But no. He uh, had a pretty bloody nose, and uh, obviously sucks to see see that happen, uh, especially to him. And um, I think he's fine. He's uh, he grinds. All right, that is Stuart Skinner with uh, thoughts on his own game and a little bit of information there on Jack Campbell, who got hit in the face by a puck while on the bench late in the second period. Devils take it 5-2. You can get us on the Certainty Hotline, 780-496-0063. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. Nico here three assists for the Devils. He's the second star goaltender. Vitek Vanacek, the first star with 28 saves. Thomas Tatar, the third star. The fourth star for Jandel Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. As Ryan Nugent Hopkins got his ninth of the season for the Oilers. Nearly tied it a couple minutes later, but the Devils win 5-2. Sir Robert is on the line. Go ahead, Sir Robert. Uh, hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Well, I mean, you know, I got to say this. I mean, 10 and 9, to me, that's mediocre at best. Yes, it's concerning, but at the same time, it's only 19 games in now. If Now, if we're still having this discussion at the 35-40 game mark, then, yeah, okay, then I'm going to – then I'll start to be genuinely concerned. Not that it's not a problem now, but I think at that point, it'll be a bigger one when and if it gets there. Now – couple thoughts on the game obviously I don't think the Oilers played poorly I don't think they played bad tonight I think it was just a case of uh, New Jersey got the saves and Edmonton didn't and not to say that Skinner was bad but Skinner I mean he let in a couple that I thought maybe he should have had maybe maybe that's just my opinion and one more quick thought on Bouchard I mean, yes, he's not. He's taking shots. A lot of them lately aren't getting through. But the way I see it is Bouchard just needs to keep firing because we saw last year when he was doing that consistently and getting the shots through, he was scoring. So we're just gonna, just going to have to see what happens. Well, he needs to get the puck off his stick quicker. I do, I do think there are some occasions in which he's held on to it a little bit too long. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We also have Josh on the Certainty Hotline. Hi, Josh. Hey guys, how you doing? Good. Hey, good. I got, kind of just have a comment here. I was at the game uh, Saturday night against Vegas. Um, I don't really think we can put this one on Skinner. Um, 
it was tough for him. I think is more maybe defense, um, defensive issues, and uh, also um, he was phenomenal on Saturday night. Um, by the way, I'm calling in from Ontario. I'm back now, but. Uh, it's a, yeah, just a comment. I guess it's I. I don't know. I was well, I, yeah. Was I mean, he, he Skinner yeah. did not lose this. He gave away one goal, unfortunately. But yeah, I think there were some other issues. Where in Ontario are you? Uh, in Barrie. We're from North Bay, though. Oh, cool. Have you had you been to Rogers Place before? Yeah, yeah. We were there uh, in the uh, 2019 playoffs. Oh, cool. Right on. Yeah. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three five two for the Devils. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on six thirty ched dot com. That would allow you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. We also have uh, Rocket standing by this evening. Rocket, go ahead. Hey Reed, I uh, just said Rob. How are you doing, guys? I just wanted to uh, uh, say, Reed, that was that was uh, an excellent analysis on your part about the D men backing in. And uh, I see that a lot, too. In fact, in tonight's game, watching from the television when New Jersey was coming up on the ice, I was expecting to see a couple of Oilers defensemen in the neutral zone, and they weren't even on the camera. So they do back in too much, and uh, I think that's something that needs to be rectified. It's something that you... Which surprises me that you brought it up because you get taught that really early in you know in in hockey, uh, Batam, Midget, Junior. I I mean all through those years I remember it. Uh, if you didn't take somebody at the blue line, I mean, like you know in the old days you'd probably get benched for it. But uh, I, uh, Rob, you were you were saying uh, you know like what happens when you do that? And there's a couple other things I wanted to add on to what you were saying one is um you take away the potential offsides that are there you take away drop passes and you create more dump-ins if you're taking people at the blue line so i'm i'm with you guys why are we doing this and how do we fix it well fixing it is easy you you practice you watch video and you practice and you talk about it and you practice you watch more video and you practice and you just do it over and over again um why why they're doing it that i don't know but it, it is uh, the coaching staff is not blind to anything that we see uh they they would have all this stuff already video cataloged and ready to talk with the players between periods after games before games at practice but it is something that has been uh, creeping into their game. It's not a one-off. This is something we've seen, and I know Reed's been talking about it for the majority of the season. It's something that he's talked about at after games, how he sees this, and he's 100% right. The Oilers back in, and uh, if I'm an offensive player, I want the defender to back up. That gives me more options. If I'm an offensive player and he stands me up at the blue line, well, now I've only got one option. That's push the puck behind him. And teams will do that, but right now they're not. They're they're coming into the zone, and you're giving skilled players, and New Jersey has some really good skilled players. You're giving them more room to make plays and more options, and that's that's not good. You're not gonna you don't spell success that way. I also want to bring up something else, and credit to Louis DeBrus because he mentioned this on the TV broadcast because you and I have just talked in general mm -hmm. that the Oilers take too many penalties, yep, minor penalties, and. Uh, and we've also talked a lot about them not starting the game well. At times, not yeah. every game, but at times. I mean, I thought they were 
fine in the first period against Vegas. And the first period today turned out okay. But? But they took a penalty 209 into the game. And great stat by Louie. They've taken the first minor, minor penalty 16 of 19 times. So that, means, so that means even if you're playing well, you're giving the other team a chance to score. Or, by the way, if you allow the first goal, which the Oilers do more often than not, and you're already down one nothing. You're giving them a chance to go to extend to the make lead. it two nothing. Yeah, no, that is a great, uh, great stop by Louie, and, and it's true. And it, it, but it goes hand in hand with slow starts. If you're the team that's chasing to start a game, you're the team that's probably going to take the first penalty. So the Oilers have slow starts. The Oilers take first penalty. The Oilers give up the first goal. Those are three things that we've seen consistently from the Oilers, not just this year but in the last number of years. And it's not just under uh, Jay Woodcroft. It was under Tippett. It was under McClellan. It was under Hitchcock. So this is something that is not just on the coaching staff. But, yeah, and again today, the, the Oilers had a really, really good first period. They played well in the first period. They deserved to be winning that first period. But they took a penalty in the first two minutes, uh, a, a needless penalty, and they gave up a goal on the power play to the New Jersey Devils, and then they were chasing. And the Devils go on to win 5-2. You're going to hear from Tyson Berry when we bring you back to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. George Kittle just got his second touchdown of the game. 49ers leading Arizona 38-10, five minutes into the fourth quarter. Here on 630, Chad, you heard the Devils beat the Oilers 5-2. Here's defenseman Tyson Berry. You know, we knew obviously they were on a, a run here when we came in, and uh, we liked their first period, and then they got uh, they got two on us, and we're kind of chasing it a little bit, and um, gets away from us there at the end of the game. But um, you know, give them credit; they're they're playing solid hockey right now. And if you if you want to beat them, you're going to have to you know play a full 60, and and we didn't quite tonight. Is this a matchup that just doesn't work for you guys right now? It might later on, but if you ever. I mean, last the last game they were in our, our barn, they you know they kind of squeaked one out on us. We'd obviously like to have that back. Uh, and tonight was just you know um, good first. And like I said, we didn't we didn't play the full 60, and they did. So um, I don't know about a matchup we can't handle or anything like that. I think um, you know I don't I don't think we see them again this year. So unless we meet them in the playoffs, it doesn't yeah. doesn't really matter. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, Tyson Jay was saying before the game that since your last matchup against them, that it felt like you guys have played. A bit uneven. Um, do, you, do you feel like tonight was another maybe example of uh, yeah, uneven? Yeah, yeah. In, in what way? Uh, just in the, like ups and downs and, and yeah, uh, a little inc inconsistency. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah, a little bit of that. We, you know, we're win one, lose one, win one, lose one kind of thing, and we want to get. We want to get on a bit of a roll here and start and cranking them out and, and get feeling good about ourselves in our game and um, I think we've made some steps over the last you know few games to iron some kinks out but um, you know against a team that's playing as well as they are we need a little bit more. Can you explain that? I thought the fourth goal was a big goal the Tatar goal it started out as a two on three yeah. and he ends up alone what is supposed to happen? Yeah that? that's probably my fault I think I should box him out after he shoots it I kind of I think I heard it hit Skins' blocker so I'm kind of looking around to see where it goes and um, I mean give him credit he, he grabs it and hits it out of the air and into the net and um, yeah I, I think I probably yeah I get my stick on the puck and I think I turn the wrong way so I should probably box him out. Just a big example of kind of things that tend to go wrong in a game like that I guess eh? like it's just one of those nights where something always seemed to go wrong for you guys is that fair assessment? Um, yeah, maybe a little bit.
bit, but um, I mean, we had our chances too, and um, we couldn't capitalize. And their goalie made some good saves, and we had some looks on the power play that just didn't uh, didn't go for us. But um, yeah, I, I mean, we played hard, and um, yeah, you know, a couple bounces here and there, but we definitely uh, we want to be more consistent for sure. They do really well. What's the best part of their game? Yeah, I mean, they play fast. You, you know, you can see how they transition the puck well, and they uh, they hold on to pucks in the ozone. And, um, they've got a lot of skill, and uh, they they don't they try not to give you too much room uh, offensively. But I mean, they're playing a good team game right now. They're getting some goaltending, and, and things are going for them. So um, yeah, they're a good team. Devils tie a franchise record, 13 straight wins, 5-2 over the Oilers, who dropped to 10-9. Next game broadcast here on 6.30, Chad, Wednesday, face-off show at 4, Oilers at Islanders at 5.30. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.